Hello! Welcome to the History Half Hour with Ryan and Jamie. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jamie. And on this day, we're recording this on the 19th of June, and on this day in 1963, my favourite year. <laughs> on this day in 1963, Soviet cosmonaut Valentina Tereshkova, the first woman to travel in space, returned to Earth in the spacecraft Vostok 6. And a nice sort of, uh, you know, great moment for women in science. Woo! A horribly underrepresented yes. demographic. And on this day in 1953, my favourite year, the Rosenbergs were executed for espionage. Did you just say it was your favourite year because I said 63 was my favourite yeah. year? Yeah, it's... 63 is actually my favourite year. <laughs> is you it? Just... Yeah. Well, Doctor Who started in 1963. Oh, that's yeah. a good reason. Thank you. No, I don't think... Not because JFK was shot. Like, <laughs> 2003. Uh, was born that year. so arrogant. <laughs> anyway. Also on this day, in 1865, uh, with the arrival of Union soldiers... It was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, it you know they the union so the state's residents sorry of Texas uh, learned about the Emancipation Proclamation which was made in 1863 and the day became the annual holiday known as Juneteenth commemorating the end of slavery which is in the now, United States now a national holiday Thank yes reminder, good awesome. yes nice one Joe um, <laughs> doing God's work <laughs> really no <laughs> I feel like very much men did this uh, also did slavery as well so you know yin and yang um, oh God I'm glad it's over aren't yes. we all. Aren't we all? We, we really should all be glad it's over. Please. Can I just make that very clear? Please. You really should be glad it's over. <coughs> and on this day in 1910, the first Father's Day was celebrated oh, in Spokane, Washington. Nice one. And of course, it's Father's Day tomorrow, isn't it? Yes. So, so yeah. happy Father's Day to all fathers. Yes. And, you know. And other people. Other people. Who, if it's your who, birthday. Yeah. You know. Happy birthday to you. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> What are we on about today, Jamie? We are going on about Richard the Third and the, Third. the possible killings of a couple of princes. Ah, ah. not not Prince the Singer. He he didn't. He he was he he was he was not alive um, <laughs> at yeah. the at the time of uh, Richard the Third. Fact number one. Yes, there we go. That's the first fact of the day. Well, actually, we've just given them four facts. Oh. And the fact that Doctor Who Doctor Who yeah. that's, that's like we've done like eight already because that's my favorite wow. year and the fact it wasn't make your favorite making good time I know right <laughs> anyway Richard the uh, Third divisive king Richard the Third you know uh, he is a bit a bit a um, bit of a marmite king by that yeah. I mean a lot of people think he's evil and he's but he's the only king in in English history to have his own fan club. Yeah, and it still exists today. Um, so yes, Richard the Third, from king of the country to cadaver in a car park. What a man! What a legend! What a myth! Um, uh, some other adjectives. Uh, yes. <laughs> but you know, was he really as bad as people think? And granted, I must admit, this question has been asked a thousand times, and we're not yes. gonna. I don't think this is gonna be new information to a lot of people. Maybe some. There'll be some interesting facts that you d- didn't know, but I don't know how many people still think of him. As this truly evil king, because of how much it's been disproved. Well, of course, um, horrible histories. Horrible histories did it. Big supporters of Richard the Third. Yeah, they, um, yeah. Very much try to. I find. Yeah, so very much try to prove his innocence. Yes, and they are the most influential show. Yeah. In history, see what I did there. I said the name of the subject that history. we're on about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so. Uh, so yes, I don't think it's a question that's particularly um, questioned anymore. Uh, that much, possibly. The way I see it from the research I've done, which, um, uh, you know, isn't as much as a historian who's been doing it for 30 years because uh, I just haven't had the time. Um, I find that Holbrook History's version of King Henry, the, uh, King Richard, sorry, King Richard III uh, is a bit too nice, I'd yeah. say. But then Shakespeare's version is way too mean. Yeah. And so there's a middle ground because basically he's a human. 
and he's got flaws and he's is, got positiveness. I mean, the thing that those two um, mediums of entertainment show yeah. is him very, like, he doesn't change, whereas actually his attitude oh, yeah. very much changes as yeah, time goes on. Because he's a, again, a, human a human being. being. That's, um, one thing. That's one thing I think we sometimes forget when studying historical figures is that they are people. They have flaws, as we all yeah. do. Um, and not just always flawed or always perfect. You know, they've got they got problems. Of course, yeah. So all um, the history shows him as always a nice guy. Yeah. Shakespeare has shown him to always be evil, and it's like yeah, yeah. So there's there's the middle ground which yeah. we hope to portray for you here. And if we don't do that, then uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, so so why do why do we have this depiction of Henry? Oh, sorry, of Richard. Because of Henry, that's why. That's yes. why my brain did the, flipped <laughs> well, the names you for over. Thank you the question. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> Henry Tudor and the Tudors in general very much led a a, a, a vicious smear campaign against yes. uh, against the king um, after his death as well. Couldn't even defend himself. Lots of propaganda. I mean, lots of propaganda. Um, we can see it in some of the paintings. Obviously, um, one of the things that Shakespeare used to characterize yeah. Richard III was his crippleness. Yeah, he, said he had a hump, hunch, his hunchback, a limp torso. Like yeah, he had a limp and a hunch, and he was yeah. a sort of really dishevelled figure, and which apparently made him evil. Because, yeah, Shakespeare was like, "Well, he has a humpback, he must be evil." Yeah, um, which is not how physical deformity works. No, um, but you know, it's, it's one way to look at it. Uh, wrong. So yeah, and yes, but the most famous portrait of Henry, of course, uh, I don't know if you knew this, I found this out quite recently, yeah. it was quite fascinating. The most famous he- picture of Henry... Richard. I- Richard. It's going to keep happening, isn't it? It's, it's going to keep, keep happening. happening. Just know, I'm probably talking about Richard, it's, that's what the episode's about. Richard the Third. Richard the Third. Not Henry Oh, for goodness sake. I know what, I do know what I'm on about, I just uh, am very confused. Um, so, the famous, famous painting of... Richard the That's third. That's his name. Uh, one of the most famous, probably the one that comes up when you Google it. Yeah. Um, has actually been doctored. Yeah. A few years after the fact, the hump has been uh, increased, and because he didn't have one, it's been made. Yeah. If anything, uh, his one of his shoulders has been raised up a few, uh, half an inch or so, and um, they've added another link to his uh, his sort of gold chain that he's got because he's an absolute gangster. <laughs> and actually, um, when when you look at it. Mm. You go, oh yeah. Yeah, the jewels are different. <laughs> yeah. It's actually like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's... yeah. It's a different, that's a different chain. Um, <laughs> it made his eyes thinner, you know, become more menacing, and, and made his, his his mouth more kind of yeah, uh, changed up his jaw and like, his mouth, made and... it look like he's got gritted teeth or something yeah. like that. And um, that was all wasn't there in the original painting. And then because in the days you didn't have photocopiers, um, how poor they were, you know. I guarantee no. you there was many uh, many an artist going, if only I had a photocopier. <laughs> I want to share this beautiful painting with the world after painted again. <laughs> you can't imagine that. I mean, they get on their computers, they Google up. Oh, no, it's not going to be invented for another 500 years. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that must be just ripping them apart inside. Um, so the only way to get uh, copies of a painting is to paint it again. Uh, and with this, become they just made it the hump bigger and the face more evil, and they just made it worse. Yeah. And actually, you know, one of the earlier paintings of him before the, the most famous one uh, you can see his shoulders are fine you know he's got this gold um, sort of robe on uh, and his shoulders are he's a gangster exactly <laughs> always always uh, always always balling always in the finest cloth um, <laughs> so a bit of background about Henry um I said it again. Why do I keep doing that? I it's don't Richard. Know. It's Richard. I should. Should we? Should we have talked about Henry Tudor instead? <laughs> Maybe. Although that whole thing I'd be saying Richard, won't I? Oh my goodness me! I do, I can only apologise. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um. So Richard the Third, who we're on about. Yeah. Um. They often people often think so. You know, as we were saying, the things we reason we think of him as so um. Evil is Tudor propaganda, uh, including and most significantly, I'd suggest. 
uh, is Shakespeare's play, Richard III. Yes. Which he wrote for Queen Elizabeth I, the grandson, of, the granddaughter even, of Henry Tudor, who fought Richard III at the Battle of Bosworth and went and overthrew him. So he's going to have a vested interest in trying to prove Richard III is not nice. Really? Yeah. Um, it, it would be very surprising if they if he showed off Richard III, the third being this, awesome, you know, yeah, awesome, awesome, really. <laughs> Look, he rides right. jet skis. <laughs> <laughs> Richard the third, he's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> he has a normal spine. Um, no, they reckon if any spinal deformity he did have, um, it was probably scoliosis, yeah. and it was probably a minor kink in this in his back instead of a full-on Quasimodo hump that they yeah. suggest. Uh, so it's all just rubbish. Um, uh, so one of the main things is that they they, they portray him as disloyal to everyone. Uh, Rich's motto actually was uh, "Loyalty binds me." Yeah. And although that seems terribly ironic if you compare it to the um, disp- description provided by Shakespeare and even Thomas More actually, Thomas yeah. More wrote uh, a history um, which made him seem awful. Uh, he he wasn't he was quite loyal. There's no evidence to suggest he wasn't loyal to his brother, especially Edward the Fourth. Um, you know, the one who was disloyal was his was his other brother, his older brother, but Edward Edward's younger brother because he was the you know the uh, uh, it was George. Um, wasn't it Clarence? George, yeah, no, his name was George. He was the Earl of Clarence. Ah, ah you see, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's known as Clarence, but his his name was his first name was George. Um, so he's the Earl of Clarence, and um, sorry, not the Earl, the Duke of Clarence. My apologies, Duke yes. of Clarence. We'll just call him Clarence from now on because it's a fun name. Um, a fun name. So he led a rebellion against Ed in uh, 1470 and then sent Edward the Fourth into exile and Richard uh, went with him. Yes. He was 18. Richard was 18 years old this time. Uh, and then when they returned in spring uh, the next year, he... Uh, uh, Edward the Fourth convinced um, uh, Clarence to go against the rebels he had led to rebel against Edward uh, and then restore the throne. So then the House yes. of York was together again, all well and good. Um, and then <laughs> old uh, Georgie of Clarence um, decided to rebel again, tried for treason, and Edward was like, for goodness sake, I can't do it again. Right, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to kill you. I'm just going to have to kill you. You're, gonna, you're sentenced to death. And But uh, but um, as a favour to their, to their mother, um, who we'll learn a bit more about later, um, as a favour to their mother, he did say uh, he would be able to choose his method of execution, and he chose to be drowned in a vat of in a barrel of of wine. Specifically, interestingly, it was a uh, Madeira wine, yes. uh, as it was called then, Malmsey wine, which I find um, was a fatal flaw in yeah. in in Clarence's death plan. strategy. Yeah, I mean, just like there are so many better way- old age. Yeah, there you go. this is like choose your method dress, old age, please. Thank you very much. Um, uh, oh no. Although to be honest with you, life expectancy at the time was thirty five. Oh, so yeah, what was deemed old age? Yeah. Who knows? Um, I'm glad things have changed. Just, what if he said something I really like? Space monkeys. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Just like, how do you want to die? I want to die with space monkeys. There were no such thing. Well, I guess no, I can't die. I can't die then. <laughs> Thank you, mother. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. So, uh, and then after after he was killed, uh, Richard had a very different experience. Richard III was given, well, just Richard, I mean, he wasn't the third just yet because he wasn't yes. king, um, was given lots Richard of land of in the north. Richard of Gloucester was given land in the north and became, by the age of 23, he became the wealthiest and most powerful noble 
yes. in the, all of England. Uh, right hand man to his brother. Yeah, exactly. He was he was the lieutenant uh, throughout the entirety of, of Edward's reign. And he was described at the time of not seeming to want any of the, no. the king's powers. He was yeah, he was a, he was a, he was loving life yeah. in the north with all of his money and land. I don't think he needed to be king, you know, yeah. uh, which got to respect him for. To be honest with you, I don't, definitely don't want to be king. It seems like a lot of work and like very unlikely because like it's a whole like marriage thing. <laughs> um, if, if if King of England somehow makes its way back, back to you, I'll be so surprised. Yeah, I, would I, I don't think I'd want it if I wanted to do. It seems like a lot of work. Could you imagine? You're just like a normal, like just a normal person. Just like, Gary England, from accounting. They're like, they're like, well, actually, you should be next in line. And and he's yeah. like, right, thanks. No, we'll get on to the uh, lineage of, of, of the king yeah, in a bit. Uh, so, do you know what? There's a lot of good things about him as a king and as a person as well, as a, yeah. as a noble. Uh, he brought a degree of stability and peace to the North because for quite a long time, the North was, was ravaged by, um, you know, rival uh, rivals and uh, nobles and clans and the, uh, Scots as well. You've got the who Scots, you got the Vikings. Quite rightfully hated us. <laughs> um, Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but actually I think Richard Richard led a, um, a march and recaptured a few towns in Scotland actually yeah. as well. Led a, led a, a, you know, because this is before, this is well before, you know, James the um, First, yeah. being the first king of Scotland and, and England. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm glad they're with us now. Thank you, Scotland. I like Scotland. I, do, I, I love place. Scotland. Cool I mean, Edinburgh's, oh, Edinburgh's just been brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant city. Wonderful canon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he also endowed universities, paying much of the church. Um, he, uh, you know, he, he actually was one of the first kind of significant members of, of the royal family to fight for the rights of the peasants. Yeah. And the peasantry, you know. This is, granted, this is quite a few uh, centuries after, you know, 1215 and um, the Magna Carta, which fought for the rights of the barons and gave a, ma- a man, you know, right to a free and fair election, all that kind of stuff. Of course. Um, but, you know, he, 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 he did, he was kind of a, quite a fair guy. I don't know if good guy, I don't know if that's the right answer, but a quite a fair person. It's also a bit of like a, a bookworm. Um, oh yeah. Um, books were at the time just seen as a status symbol. Oh, they definitely. I mean, to be honest with you, if I'm honest with you, um, it's been a status symbol for centuries. You know, even in 1920s America, right? Yeah. You would have loads of books in a library, but you could buy book by like, like the yard, so, like book um, spines by the yeah. yard, and just have them in your house mm-hmm. to make it look like you've got lots of books. And <laughs> um, yeah, they were they were quite lavish. They were very lavishly illustrated, and they actually had very little content in. Oh yeah. Them. They were, like colouring books, yeah. <laughs> they've already been coloured in by monks. Yeah, but but um, Richard books are actually mostly filled with words and very little pictures. And books actually... filled with words. What are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> and they're actually surprisingly a lot of them very like secondhand. Yeah, they're quite old and, quite and, old and well used. Yeah. Yeah, so that's because yeah, so he instead of using them as a status symbol with just just to display how many books he's got in his libraries, he read them. Yeah, no one else did that. He learned from them. <laughs> so he was quite you know by all accounts quite a clever quite a clever yeah. bloke. Um, another historical figure I've called a bloke who probably wouldn't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, he can't really get to me. He's in a car park. Um, not anymore. Well, not anymore. No, he's been reburied. But uh, you know, so he was quite a quite an interesting figure before yeah. the king, and doesn't look like the kind of tyrant that. That he's, described, that he's as. described as, you know. I mean, granted, I'm not saying evil people can't read books, but <laughs> you know, he doesn't seem like the worst person ever. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, in 1883, 18, sorry, in 1483, 
I got my eight and my fours mixed around. In 1483... Your, your Henderson, <laughs> your Richards. Henderson Richards. I've got no idea what's going on. I think I just need some sleep. Um, so in 1483, uh, Edward IV dies. He ca- caught a chill, as they called it, because they had no idea about med- medicine. Um, he caught a chill uh, whilst boating and died a few days later. The King of England just done. That's um, why I hate boats. <laughs> well, I'm not going on the boat. Why? Oh, Edward IV died from catching a chill on a boat. <laughs> like, Should have <worn> a coat. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of coats, do you know that when he fled uh, England during the um, exile, during the uh, uprising of his brother George, um, they, the story goes that uh, he fled so quickly he didn't bring any money with him and actually had to cha- trade his fur coat um, for passage onto the onto a ship. And then when he's running on this boat, he doesn't have it because he gave it and to that ca- So the king's death and whole, all of Richard III is blamed on this one sea captain. Moral of the story: always bring your wallet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, if we learn anything, learn wallets are, uh, are useful tools yeah. for carrying um, money. Uh, I, hopefully, hopefully, you already knew that. Facts <laughs> uh, <Fact> number two. <laughs> <laughs> We're racking up today. Um, and at this time, right? So when in, in, in 1483, when Edward dies, Edward V, his son, uh, and his uh, other son Richard. So they had Ed and Richard as the sons, and then Ed and Richard as the brothers, yeah. father and uncle. Isn't that cute? Oh. So Edward V was 12 years old. Yeah. And his brother was nine. Very, very young. Now, again, uh, I understand that he had the the line to the throne because he was the the direct oldest son of the king and Richard was the brother of the king. So, you know, he doesn't have the same claim to the throne. But 12 is quite young to become king. Yes. I, I would suggest. Well, I mean... As people see it now, they mm. say, "Well, obviously, they were the he, the the son was the rightful next king." But actually, laws of succession weren't put into place in England until Henry VIII. Not really, no. It's... Um, there was, of course, there was a a bias to the elder son, yeah, because they would inherit the army, patriarchy. But yep. Yep. it was essentially bigger army diplomacy. You had the bigger army, you were the king. Yeah. <laughs> Just sort of like, uh, I don't, you know, although that doesn't prove correct in the Battle of Bosworth, which we'll get I into. I guess, yes. But, we'll um, into. So, as people people say that Edward V was the, the legitimate next in line, but actually, mm. you can't really say, unless you're going off rules that were created after, after this, yeah. he was actually deservedly the next in line, because they didn't really mm. have any rules for that. And do you know what? Uh, he may have been very much deserving the next line, and we'll go into that in a bit. We will. Uh, so keep, keep I know, yeah, bloody suspenseful, right? You better stick around to the end because it's some <laughs> some awesome stuff. Um, so uh, so right, because he now needs to become king. Edward the fifth, the twelve year old, uh, had to uh, travel from Wales to London to become coronated, and on their way, they were intercepted by uh, Richard um, in Northampton where uh, Richard met with the young king's guardian, Earl Rivers, uh, who was brother of the queen, actually, um, just to ask if he could be part of the, you know, the entourage, you know, just like, hey, do you want to join you on your on your journey to London? It'll be so much fun. Because, of course, don't forget Richard living up the north, you know, yes. in, in his lovely lands and, and houses. Uh, and then um, the next day, he, ha- he had armed men storm the uh, place where they were staying and arrested Rivers and loads of other nobles and accused them of treason. Yeah. Um. And you think that's like that's not a cool move. That's a pretty. That's a pretty awful thing to do. Um. Because even the king himself, or the future king Edward V, uh, vouched for their um. 
vouch for their loyalty. Yeah. Uh, the actual the public supported this decision because the Queen's family was deeply unpopular with the public because basically they were considered not royal enough. Um, <laughs> Which is quite funny that the public would go, then like us, get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. It's a weird sort of thing because they, they reckon that Edward, they all, all thought that Edward IV married kind of below his status. Yeah. Um, so they thought, oh, it's wonderful. Richard is getting the um, the new impressionable 12 year old king out of the hands of the evil queen's family yeah um perfect the queen of course being uh, his mother um <laughs> the edward edward v's mother um so uh, that's what you know that that, that was a, a popular decision but could it be seen as this sort of treasonous so not so it's not treasonous i mean oh wait, i mean that's technically treasonous because he potentially had the king killed so that's that's quite treasonous but um, just a little bit <laughs> but you know is this potentially seen as him becoming more disloyal uh, disloyal to the king i don't I'm not i'm not sure you know it's 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 a first step in a in a long kind of i guess downfall in a very shakespearean way yeah um so uh, edward and his brother stayed in the tower of london and this is where people go he locked the princes in the tower and had them killed not quite. That yeah. is a very bold simplica- simplification of events because the Tower of London at this point um, didn't have the reputation of being a prison, of being a place of murder and execution as it did uh, in the Tudor time. The Tudors did that. Yeah. Is they, they, that's, they're the people who imprisoned everyone and murdered people and had them executed in the Tower of London. At this point, it was just a nice castle. It's again, know? it's another one of those things where people hear one thing that was implemented later, later on, on and then put it back into the past. It doesn't really Yeah, this is one way. this is one of those things in history which is actually you can justify and say it is of its time because its time didn't apply by the rules exactly. that we understand yeah. now. Um uh, and so they say in the town of London, which actually kind of the, the normal thing, it's sort of the dumb thing at the time is for a king to stay at the at, a, at the Tower of London before a coronation. So the whole he locked them in the tower just isn't true. Yeah. It's not how it comes across. Uh, and of course, we've also got William Lord Hastings, who was loyal to Edward the Fourth, uh, Edward V's uh, father, um, and was determined for Edward V to become king. So if Richard wanted to become king, he would have to overthrow or at least get rid of um, uh, William Lord Hastings. So yes. uh, he called a meeting with the king's council, which included Hastings, and accused Hastings of treason. And this one, I, I must admit, shocked me when I first heard about it. Um, he accused him of treason, and then armed guards stormed into the room. Oh, he slammed his table on the... Uh, he slammed table. his table? <laughs> slammed his hand on... I was going to say slammed the, the table, and then slammed his table. <laughs> slammed his table on his hand. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> slammed his hand on the table. Yeah, which was a signal. Yes, which was a signal for armed guards to rush in and arrest him. Yeah. Before he could even get a word in. Yeah, he, he kind of, oh, wait, and yeah. then it was taken out and executed within minutes with a, from a makeshift um, block. He was beheaded. Yeah. Quite the right of a free and fair trial that Magna Carta <laughs> set up, eh? Uh, that's a callback, by the way. Nailing it. High five. Nice one. Um, so It's going to be confusing for the edit. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> um, so nine days after Hastings' death on the 22nd of June, the bishop announced that Richard's own claim to the crown, Richard III's claim to the crown, uh, he claimed that Edward IV had been born out of wedlock and his two sons as well, uh, Edward V and Richard, yes. um, leaving only Richard III as the true claimant to the throne, which was quite shocking. Yes. Because the, the, the public didn't know about this whole yeah. um, basic scandal that they were born out of wedlock, um, although he did mess up his cue. Yeah. Richard III was going to appear to ch- cheers of Richard the true king and, and they just were a bit like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> stunned silence exactly yeah just because a hush went over the crowd the one guy in the back going woo 
Yeah. <laughs> Rich is like, thank you, Gary. <laughs> Mom, um, I told you come come to these. <laughs> um, so, uh, so on July the sixth, uh, on uh, fourteen eighty three. Uh, Richard was crowned king. Uh, Richard III, the last Plantagenet king, uh, because, of course, he died uh, without an heir. Now, um, the sons, the nephews, uh, sons of Edward, nephews of Richard, Mm -hmm. uh, had been seen playing in the grounds regularly before the coronation, but after, they were never seen again. They'd been sort of, they'd kind of gone. Um, And this led to a lot of people suspecting that they were killed, uh, which is where the kind of mystery comes from. It's one of the oldest murder mysteries of all time. Yeah. Um, and it's very difficult to solve because it was 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now, I must admit that I, he probably did have them killed. Yeah. That's the thing. He probably did. But, I mean, you can... <laughs> you yeah. like, as, as bad as it is, you can see why he would do it. Though. Yeah. Uh, like, okay, I'm not advocating child murder here, obviously. I, I want that to be very clear. But don't forget, this is medieval England. Killing the king is like the main way you become king. Like I said, there was no rules of succession. <laughs> no, that's just, just how, how it, it worked. Happened. And uh, and actually, one interesting thing is that um, tracking back a bit here to the year of uh, 1441, uh, Edward IV, who was the previous king of England, as we know, uh, was son of the Duke of York, who was a royal. And uh, he was conceived, Edward was conceived in 1441 uh, and was likely born at full term. There's no record of him being small or weak or sick or anything. So he's probably born at full term, uh, which was born on the April the 28th, 1442. Um, so this made the time that he was likely conceived, according to parish records in France at the time, uh, the Duke of York was away fighting. <laughs> so there's quite a good chance that Edward IV is not the Duke of York's son. So Mrs. Yeah. Let Him Choose His Method of Death was, uh, was was having a bit of fun in France, <laughs> as we all do on our gap year. Um, <laughs> so a- actually, yeah? Richard's claim that Edward was, was illegitimate, illegitimate was legitimate. Was probably, hey. was probably very true. Yeah. And that probably wasn't just a claim he made to have reason. It no, he probably knew about probably, it. Yeah. yeah. You can actually see it in the in the parish records that uh, Edward's christening it was it was held in a small area of the cathedral yeah. you know it was very hush hush the second son who obviously the eldest is meant to be you know yeah. they get kind of they will they will claim everything yeah, yeah. the second son was actually had it celebrated the whole cathedral no no was, expenses yeah, spared no you know. expenses spared it was it was like Richard, a Jurassic was... Park, spared no expense. <laughs> they did have dinosaurs weirdly. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so the, the it was a yeah, grand it was occasion. A grand occasion, which for the eldest son not to have that is yeah. kind of spish. Yeah, spish. Um, yeah. And so if, if you look, Richard the Third is meant to be the spitting image of his father. Yeah, they're both small, yes. dark hair, and quite and quite you know. Edward is completely different to both of them. He was very very tall. He was six four, four I think. Yeah. yeah, Stephen Fry's height. Yeah, very yeah. tall guy. Um, and it's believed yeah. that actually. The um, they think they know who the father is. It was a very Jerry, tall... Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> it was Jerry all along. <laughs> right, so they know who the father was. They it, was a, it was a very tall archer, like very like a sport, very yeah. buff sport, Sportsman. sporty. Um... Uh, always the way. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, so that calls not only Edward's uh, right to claim the throne into question, but then Edward V, his son. So maybe Richard the Third killed the had the had the sons killed Edward's sons killed to get rid of this um, 
you know, in in illegitimate line mm-hmm. from from the from the House of York's blood. Yeah, uh, because let's let's not forget that Henry Tudor, who is the one who eventually becomes king afterwards after uh, beating Henry, uh, sorry Richard at the Battle of Bosworth, um, his lineage to the throne is he is the grandson of an illegitimate son of John of Gaunt, third son of Edward the Third. So that <laughs> means he's got. No claim to the throne at all. <laughs> He's so far apart. Kevin Bacon has a closer claim to the throne. It's ridiculous, you know. Um, oh, he had to marry Elizabeth of York. Yeah, to like... so he, he thought, to prove I'm very, uh, very much in line for the throne, he married Elizabeth of York, who is the daughter of Edward the Fourth. Yes. Who now we've just learned is illegitimate. So now actually Elizabeth of York is illegitimate. Yep. So she has no claim to the throne. So it's all just a whole big mess. <laughs> and that then calls into question the actual legitimacy of the of current the royal t- family. Well, the Tudors. Every every <laughs> every king from Henry Tudor, oh, actually from Edward the <laughs> Edward, but yes. Richard III was. So Henry came from Henry Tudor, Henry VIII, Elizabeth I, um, all the ones down Charles II, they all come into question. And don't get me wrong, I don't I am not advocating we should go over to the Queen because she's not actually the Queen. Whatever, I don't, you know. Uh, to be fair, who could be bothered? No, <laughs> at this point, at this point, there's no need. Yeah. Um, but it's it is it is true that there's the fascinating sort of uh, hiccup in history. That's, yeah. that's really quite really but quite weird. You do wonder how many of these have happened? Yeah, it's probably way more than we think. Yeah, I mean, the amount of times that we've had a king that's just sort of come over because they're vaguely related to a cousin of someone I mean, yeah, from another country. I mean, a lot of people start their um, their timeline of kings of England with William the Conqueror. Yeah, that, horrible was, history. Thank you. There were so <laughs> many kings. Before oh yeah, that as well. Um, you know, kings of various parts of England, various um, kingdoms of England, and you know, not even there was there was Viking kings. Yeah, Viking Saxons, um, Normans, all that. Oh, no, Norman was. William of Normandy, but you know all that, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's, well, yeah, we don't know. But that's one thing I quite like is we should. I think we should respect and be happy about that. The fact British people aren't, you know, we're British and we've only been. We're made up of so many so other countries. Good. Our language is mental. <laughs> it's one of the most difficult to learn because it makes no sense. I mean, um, what I what I really like is the um, uh, town of Grimsby. Yes. Um, it sounds like it's Grimsby, you know, it sounds like, oh, it's, it sounds very Viking in itself. It does, actually. It actually just means Grim was a, a, the name of the Viking there, yeah. and B means town. It's Grimstown. <laughs> and that's the my place. It's my place. Um, <laughs> and I, th- I, think, I, think it's something, I think it's definitely something to be proud of, uh, the fact that we, we are yeah. of so many different things, and we're kind of a melting pot of, um, of, of different uh, countries and things. And that's a good thing. You know, our language is, is it's French. It's from the Normans. It's 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 uh, Latin from the Romans. It's uh, it's Scandinavian from the Vikings. It's it's mental. There's there's no there's no sense to it. It's yeah. just it's just a mishmash of everything. <laughs> um, and I think it's wonderful for that. <laughs> I love our language. Um, so much like our cooking as well. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so so there you have it. You know, I, 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 um, as you said, that uh, King Henry saying King Henry became. Uh, Henry Tudor became king, uh, Henry VII, uh, the first Tudor king, and that, that then led this smear campaign, this horrible uh, propaganda against Richard III, and now we remember him as this sort of tyrant king. I don't think he was, well, he, sh- he, shouldn't be rem- he should just be remembered as, as a, a king. king of England. Just, That's you, all he was. Just a king. He he committed some some quite horrible things, but so did everyone else. I mean, look at uh, Henry VII. He went, oh on my a, God, yeah. he went on a campaign just killing people who didn't... Yeah. No one's, you know, the amount of people beheaded by the Tudors and, 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 and the Tower of London gave its kind of reputation from the Tudors. It's... Yeah. His, English history, this is one thing I love about history, is, is it's so messed up. <laughs> it it's just so messed up. But um, it's worth learning about because it's so fascinating. Honestly. I mean, yeah. you know, the War of the Roses was one of the primary um, 
inspirations for Game of Thrones, yeah. you know, it, which of course the War of the Roses ended with uh, the Battle of Osworth uh, between York and Lancaster, and Lancaster very much won. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, anyway, so. Ultimately, I think wrapping up, he probably did have the uh, the sons killed, but he's not. Yeah, he's not the evil tyrant that is a villain in our line of history because they, you know, if he's a villain, then they all are. I mean, just think, what if he just kept the princes alive in hush hush? Henry the Seventh gets to the castle, sees the princes still alive. Henry the Seventh is going to have those princes killed. Yeah, because then, because that's now him. Because he's like, okay, I'm gonna be king because the princess is obviously dead. If they're not dead, he's like, oh, I don't be king anymore because I don't have a, I don't have nearly as good right uh, claim to the throne as they do. Yeah, exactly. Um, although apparently they don't, but they didn't know that at the yes. time. <laughs> um, and, and you know, but you know, they, they even to be honest with you, even with uh, what happened to Henry, uh, sorry, with uh, happened to Richard, his his body was buried, um, and then it, when it was uh, rediscovered in the Tudor age, they just threw it away. Um, and there's even a story of the uh, coffin he was buried in to be used as a horse trough. <laughs> They just gave him no dignity no. whatsoever. Uh, and, and you know, that's why his, bo- his body was found in a car park in 2013, you know. Uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting story, a fascinating life, uh, which has been sort of ruined by, by various yeah. accounts of history that just aren't true. Oh, anyway, Richard III, what, an, what a fascinating guy. Yes. I, I think was, this was a good episode it's, to do. It was yeah. fun. Anyway, we'll leave you with this. Thomas Jefferson invented the swivel chair. He really was a revolutionary. <laughs> My cheese grater business, the Great Gatsby, failed. Apparently not a big market for literary cheese equipment, but my Irish jazz club, Potato Sacks, is thriving. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank we'll you see you next much. time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.